0: Hey, everybody, this is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of the Remnant Call. I'm glad to be here with you tonight, and I want to jump in um, to a few things here and get going because I feel like there is some stuff that is troubling people right now in this hour father in jesus name i ask that you would bless this show to glorify and edify you lord alone that i would simply be a conduit lord for your presence and your grace and mercy in jesus name yeshua's holy name lord we pray amen folks this is obviously getting crazier every minute um, we are plagued with so much disinformation, madness since our society. We are now trading, if our nation, they want to trade a Russian war criminal for a person who bashed our country, how evil we are, um, for, you know, drugs. And, and listen, I'm, I was a drug addict, so I, I'm not here to judge that. But, uh, it just blows my mind how people can criticize and be so angry. And then all of a sudden you're in trouble and you want help. Well, the good news is folks, God actually does help when we get in trouble, even when we've messed up, but you can see the hypocrisy of what's going on. And then you could see the craziness of wanting to spend all this money to somehow spend our way out of, out of this recession. It makes no sense. And this the, the madness of our society is so outrageous that almost nothing you hear anymore is truth coming out of the news media. And it's also the same in many of our churches. It is getting to be as rare as hen's teeth anymore to see truth coming forth from a pulpit that will speak to the hour that we are living in into the to the absolute desperate times that the world is living in right now and it is, it's so sad because there are many in the so-called Watchmen Society that are preying on people's finances for whatever it might be to somehow rescue them or subscribe to this or whatever, you know, in an outrageous amounts of money. Listen, I have no problem with somebody that has a book for sale or anything like that, because I understand it takes a lot to write and to publish. But there are some videos and conferences that cost an outrage. I mean, you've got to be royalty and and loaded with money to absolutely attend these things. And folks, at the Remnant Call, it's freely received and freely given. Uh, We don't ask for money here or anything. This is a ministry that God is able to help and sustain and do for us that I simply want to sit here and share. So just let it be known, folks, nobody ever on the Remnant Call is asking for anything except for prayers. And if we ever share somebody that has a book or anything, then folks, that could go, and you're interested in it, then fine, I have no problem with that. But that goes to them, not to me. I'm not asking for it. And I know there are people who do have given to Remnant Call. God bless you. We thank you for that. But please, please, and I, I don't want you ever to think I'm ever asking for anything, because I'm not. I want to just simply give uh, and share, because that's what God is calling calling me to do. And um, so folks, this is an important time that we are living in because of the misinformation on both sides of the fence that it's becoming very difficult to discern the truth of what's going on in this hour anymore. And I feel like you we really need to separate ourselves from what this disinformation campaign that's going off, and get alone with God. You know, the apostle Paul learned his gospel, not from any man. The Bible says he took three years. He went down to the real Mount Sinai down in Arabia and he went to order the cave, I guess where Elijah was and everything. And he was taught by Jesus directly the gospel, not by any man. Not that there's anything wrong with that, that people could teach you as long as they're teaching the truth and you're testing it by the Spirit. But he was taught by the Lord directly, and I'm here to tell you that God is teaching people again in this hour what to do, what to know, and how to be productive disciples of Yeshua in the last days. We have a mission to do, and it's important that we get about our father's business, there are so many people, hear me on this, that believe if the republicans can just win if trump can just get back in office and listen folks i'm i i i hate the liberal policies and stuff that are going i don't know how you can be a believer and be in the democratic party i'm not saying you that republicans are christians either i'm not saying any of that i'm just saying i don't know how you can be in the party of death that wants to kill and expose and exploit everything that's called an abomination before god and call Call yourself a believer. I don't know. But also hear me this. Just because you say you're a Republican, that doesn't do anything for me either. I believe in conservatism politically and religiously. But listen, what's going on in the politics today is simply an abor- abomination. It's, it's, it's disgusting. It is a foul odor before your heavenly father's nose. It's disgusting. And God is calling us out to something different. The one thing that's interesting in the United States is we think somehow we are the center of everything in the world, and we forget that in the Bible, there is a whole lot more of the world out there in prophecy than just the United States of America. Now, is the United States of America spoken of in the Bible? Absolutely, 100%, but I'm here to tell you, she will not be around when the Lord returns. That's what I believe, and I stand by that, and I'm not ashamed of it. Yes, I do believe Revelation 18 speaks about America and other places in the Bible and Isaiah and different places that speaks about the coming destruction to this country. And it will happen soon. Civil war is coming. It is coming. That's there. It's biblical. This is biblical stuff, and I've talked about on other programs about the biblical prophecies, of civil war that's coming, attacks from Russia and China and different things like that. There's the Gog-Magog war on a simultaneously attack between uh, against uh, Israel and also against the land of unwalled villages and those who are at ease. I wonder who that sounds like folks. It's all going to happen, but that doesn't matter to hoots if we are not focused on our mission. What if God was to call you right now to leave this country? Would you go? Would you be willing to go? Would you actually be willing to do what he says? Now, flip side of that, if God is not calling you to leave, then don't dream it up of your own flesh either we got to be very, very careful in this hour that we are not listening to the voice of the flesh. You hear it all the time for these people that got a prophecy every five minutes. They've always got a prophecy of convenience. The Lord, I mean, the Lord speaks more through them supposedly than he does in the Bible. I mean, these people can prophesy anytime they feel like it, but boy, their prophecies don't look anything like the prophets in the word of God. I'll tell you another, just a quick side note. If someone is prophesying to you, and it sounds like they're, it's coming out of the 1611 King James, no one understand this. Your heavenly Father knows how to speak in our current language. Now, I list, I read the King James. I love the King James. But God does not need to speak in these thou's and thine's and all this stuff, okay? He speaks in our language. He's smart enough to do that. He's God. That's a good indicator that these people are dreaming it up of their own flesh, but God is calling us to be healthy disciple makers for Jesus in this hour, not the types that you see in these churches, but I'm talking about people that are winning souls for Christ and God is asking us to be productive because let me, let me, let me just make something clear. Everything we are seeing in this world has to happen, okay? I didn't say it was God's perfect will that this was happening. His perfect will has been that we would have never sinned and fallen in the garden. That would have been the perfect thing. But it happened, and all these things have to happen now. The nations have to fall. Governments have to fall. Wars have to happen because that is how the barriers are going to be broken down in all these countries so that the gospel can literally go like wildfire through to spread the gospel. I I shared it before, the whole Back to Jerusalem movement of the Chinese that have been, through their persecution of all these years, have been preparing to take the gospel between the old Silk Roads in China all the way towards Jerusalem through the Arab countries to share the gospel to the most hardest hit places on the earth. The Chinese, and we somehow think we're the only ones. God has a plan and a mission and he's been preparing the Chinese people and other people to take the gospel in this last hour as he begins to break down these barriers through wars and everything else that are going to happen. So don't get upset. Don't get ex- excited because of what's going on, but understand we are getting one step closer to what is going to be known as the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yes, there will be more. I saw a thing. I don't have personal Facebook, folks. And I, but I uh, have it for the radio show. And uh, I saw, I don't, I really honestly, I look at a few things on there, uh, predominantly around the local area. I, I sell some things on, on the, um, on the marketplace here and buy a few things, but that's really all I mo- mostly use it for primarily is in checking a few things. But I saw something come through the feed the other day. I was just on, I'd been on there, I was checking for something, and I saw something come up and someone said, Jesus is coming in 2022 guaranteed. That was the biggest lie I have ever heard. Now, do I believe Jesus is coming soon? You better absolutely believe it. But the Lord will not return. Hear me on this. He will not return until the prophecies that he said would happen have come to pass before he returns. And the reason is, is because God sticks by his own word. He said it for a reason, as a guide for us in these last hours. Now, will it move quickly? Will the days be shortened? Absolutely. I saw something the other day, and they were measuring time, and the earth actually went, I, I think they said the other, it was uh however long, 24 hours, It, it the earth actually span, spun faster, and a day was shortened. It wasn't much. It was like a, milli, a millisecond or something point, I don't remember. But it's interesting that all the things the Bible said, folks, trust me, they will come to pass. And it's not just the earth spinning faster and the days being short. I'm talking about time. The end time will be shortened to the exact amount that God said it will be. And it will be over before you know it. But yes, there will be hard times. But folks, keep looking up. Now, I want to focus on something here tonight. I'm not going to take a long time because I want you to stew in this when I'm done. I want you to process it. I want you to think about it because I believe that it is a a problem that we are facing here so much. The problem we are facing right now is that so many people that are even in the, you know, remnant believers, okay, we are facing a problem with guilt and this feeling that we cannot be forgiven. That there's something that's holding us back from living this life. And there are folks, there are more people than you can imagine right now that are struggling and wondering if God even cares. I want to bring, I want to, I'm bringing this up because I want to share something. I hired a friend of mine works for me now I've known him for years Uh, he was in the Marines back in the first desert storm his brother and I were a couple years behind him Uh, we were in high school you know I had a rich family history and he was kind of also some of the inspiration of for joining the Marine Corps and so his brother and I we both went in within a few months of each other uh, into the Marines and and uh, we were proud uh, to serve our country openly you know I make no bones about it I served my country of a free will, and and I am not ashamed of it one ounce. But unfortunately, the country that I served back then is not the country that's around today. I'm only 48 years old, but things have certainly changed. And so as I was talking to my friend, he's also retired law enforcement. He's only uh, like 50, 51, maybe uh, around there, 51. So he already retired out of, he was a police chief and different things, but he is a devout believer a devout believer in Jesus. And even when he was a cop, he was the kind of guy, even I remember I remember one of his officers telling, because we did work at a town where he was at it, that he was the kind of guy, you know, would, would rather help you than hurt you, but he wouldn't hesitate to put a bullet in you if you needed it. But his, his main purpose was to share Jesus, even as a police officer. And he was telling me, because I, I didn't, I, I knew his, I remember going to his house when I was in high school, and I I remember his dad wasn't around. I didn't know exactly, and it's kind of one of those topics that you didn't want to talk about. And finally, we're riding down the other road. I said, hey, man, I said, what happened to your dad? And he began to share with me this story. And he told me his dad was a good dad. He had some drinking problems, but, you know, even though he had some drinking, he played ball with them and everything, but he had gotten owed some people some debt and he ended up, you know, leaving out of town to go down to North Carolina uh, to do some extra work. And so he left uh, and they would go down in the summers. He and his and his brother and sister and his mom and live with their dad through the summer and then they would come home and he would come back at the holidays and everything like that. And that went on for some years. Uh, until one day he came home and told his wife that he had had an affair and he had had a child with a 21 year old and uh, his wife threw him out. Now, uh, she never divorced him. She was Catholic. That was a bad thing. You never did that. And so they stayed married. He left. And my friend didn't hear from his father again for 14 years So here he was, a young man growing up, trying to find himself in life. He's got a brother and a sister, younger brother and older sister, and they're trying to figure out who they are in life. And he went to the Marines. He was set, and when he got out, he was at this place. He after the war, he was working down at this metal shop. And he told me, he said, "Man, I was just floundering around in life. I couldn't, you know, I didn't know what to do." And he got a call on the answer machine. You know, we used to have tapes in our answer machine back in the day. Listen to the tape when he got home, and it was the U.S. consulate in Mexico. Calling that his father had been in a car wreck and he needed to get, he was banged up really bad. He needed to get a VA hospital up in Phoenix and the consulate didn't really pay for that kind of stuff. They gave my friend the number. And so he got home, he decided to call him and he called him. And he started talking to these people. He said, can I speak to, you know, his dad? And and, and uh, he called him by his name, Mr. Whatever. And so they got him over and he decided that he was going to approach this conversation to make sure this his dad didn't have any chance to hang up on him. So when his dad answered, he said, look, this is your son. Um, He said, uh, I've heard you've been in a car accident. You've broken your femur. You have some ribs. You're messed up. You've got some spots on your lungs or liver. I can't remember any lungs, maybe. And uh, they think it's tuberculosis, possibly, or cancer. And you need to get to a VA hospital. And I want to know how we can help get you there. He said, oh, by the way, he said, your father's passed away. Your mother's still alive. Your wife is still alive. And your children are okay. And I just wanted to let you know. I never stopped loving you. When he told me that tears began to well up in my eyes. And he shared as soon as he'd said that he had shared that with his dad, he said his dad literally broke and he wept and they wept and They got the money. He's wired the money down. He got his dad back to fly in to Roanoke, Virginia. They went down his brother and he and, um, his sister and went down there and they were waiting and waiting, you know, for his dad. They finally found him. They got him. And he said it was like he said his older sister turned into a 14 year old girl and the younger brother just like a, a kid again. You know, they hadn't seen their dad in so long and, and and they longed for their father. And 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 they were so excited, even though he'd done all these things and there was so much anger and resentment towards him. The, the fact that he was back for a moment, all of a sudden that, that that's all that mattered in. And they, they took him to the VA hospital and, and they had to eventually go home that night and they said, look, I'll be back tomorrow. And he went back tomorrow and they got back there. The doctor came out and met with him and said, this is this your father? And they're like, yes. Oh, by the way, he has terminal cancer. He's going to die. And they were devastated. He said he took his father home to live with his mother. Not, not his, his grandmother, uh, which would have been his father's mother. And he sat there and took care of his dad until he died. And it wasn't the fairy tale ending like everybody always wanted. His dad was sick. But God allowed them to rekindle and at the very end to heal before his father passed away. And I look at this situation and I think to myself, how, how, how can you be abandoned like that? How, how can you be betrayed like that? And then all of a sudden, after all those years of total abandonment, of not knowing, he thought his dad was dead. He had no idea. There was nobody in the family. No one knew where his father was for 14 years. And without hesitation, when he had the opportunity to, be, to find forgiveness and to bring restoration back to the family, he was willing and ready because the relationship with his father meant everything. I was trying to share this story with my wife here. She works with me too and knows him very well. And I I was just getting choked up telling it. And it reminded me of the love that our heavenly father has for us. You see, it doesn't matter how much you've sinned. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. Yes, it's not good. And there are consequences to things that are done. But at the moment you are willing to come home like the prodigal, at the moment you are willing to ask for forgiveness, your heavenly father will rescue you. That doesn't mean you'll be made whole. His father still died. His father passed away. But God allowed healing to return to their family. There's a story in the Bible I love so much. Luke chapter five, starting in verse 18 says this, and behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. They they wanted to bring him before Jesus. And when they could not find by What way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and led him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when they saw, when he saw their faith, he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. So here's a group of friends that they see they've heard the stories they believe in the power of jesus They have a friend who is sick with the palsy, and back then, many, you've seen it the story the way in the Bible, the way they viewed people who were sick with some type of disease. The first thought that would come to their mind is, what sin has that person done that God has cursed them with this disease? That was the way they view it, and many of you have probably been looked upon by others in your failures and looked down upon by, what has this person done, or maybe you have looked down and wondered what has God cursed you with what have you done that you have that God would put this burden upon you and that couldn't have been farther from the truth but because these men were willing to intercede for their friend that they were they were so desperate to get him to help that they tore the roof off this house in order to lower their friend down in and when Jesus saw their faith not the man's faith no actually not even the man's faith when he it says when he saw their faith he said unto him man thy sins are forgiven thee these men had such faith they were willing to go to any length to save their friend that when jesus saw their faith the first thing he said to the man with the palsy is your sins are forgiven he could have said to him man you're healed get up and walk Man, you're, you've been you're fine now. You know you you can you go ahead, sit up, and show everybody the miracle that I've just worked for you. No, because it didn't matter to hoots whether that man was healed from the palsy or not. The only thing that mattered is that that man's sins had been forgiven. You see, folks, there are a lot of things that we go through and struggle in life. There are. God-fearing believers that are in wheelchairs. There are God-fearing believers that don't get healed from everything, even though there are churches that'll try to tell you that the only reason you haven't been healed is because your faith is so weak. And I asked them, then if that's true, then why did the apostle Paul have a thorn in his side? Or why did, you know, was Peter hung upside down? Why was why was John boiled in oil and all these things like that? Why did all these things happen to other people and sicknesses? and all through the bible you see that there were things that happened bad things happened to good people and yes there are those that are miraculously healed don't get me wrong folks there are those that are and i've seen healings and i've also for no apparent reason see god decide to take somebody's life but all that simply mattered was that their sins were forgiven You see, folks. We need to understand that as believers in Jesus, that if we ask our heavenly Father, if we cry out to Him, that He is faithful and just to forgive us and that we by faith can live in the power of forgiveness and not wondering every day are we in are we out are we saved are we not saved god hates us god loves me i've sinned too much of this that's the devil trying to rob you of your joy in Jesus, because we're in this last hour when the scariest thing that could happen to the devil is that you become an actual effective disciple for Christ in these last hours. That's the last thing he wants you to do. And let me tell you what, there have been more effective disciples for Christ in wheelchairs with palsy, you've seen them before, that are out sharing the gospel no matter what their failure or problem is in their life. They refuse to give up and stop sharing Jesus with others, and God is using them powerfully. What about like that Nick Vujicic and the man with no arms and legs and, and 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 all these things? I mean, it's amazing. Look what they've got, and yet God uses them. And here we are. We're struggling in this hour, and and maybe because we haven't gotten out of the financial burden that we're in, or maybe we haven't gotten the job that we needed yet, or maybe we haven't gotten the healing from the sickness yet, folks. That that's great in everything, but it doesn't matter because if your sins have been forgiven you are safe in Jesus God is in the business of saving souls and if you repent and cry out and you ask your heavenly father to forgive you on the very word of God he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins And even though they may be as scarlet, by the blood of Jesus, they will be made white as snow. You see, the scribes and the Pharisees, when they saw this, it said they began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Obviously, they had no idea who they were talking about. Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately he arose up before them and took up that whereon he laid and departed to his own house, glorifying God. You see, if he would only been healed without being forgiven, his burden of sin would have still been on his shoulders. But if you've been forgiven of your sin, regardless whether you've been healed or not, you are now completely free from the bondage and the devil has no power over you because there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in christ god is in the business of forgiving folks we every week this is getting to be a madhouse i am at. it's just so crazy i it'd be better just to turn the news off and not even look at it anymore it's so outrageous I mean, yes, we keep informed, but it's just so, it's so much lies that it can actually overwhelm and you can begin to believe the lies. Look at the people who once knew lifestyles were wrong, now think that they're okay. Christians who think it's all right to abort babies, I mean, or live in, in, in homosexual relations, look at all these things because they've listened to the lie. They've listened too long to the lie. They've watched shows that portray the lie. And therefore, God has rewarded them with the fruit of their thoughts. But for those who are willing to cry out, even though they've spent their riches, they've done everything, they've they've eaten with the swine, just like the prodigal, the Bible says that when they come home, when they cry out, when their heavenly father sees him, he takes off running. Folks, we are living in a time that we need to know that our sins have been forgiven so that we can be set free from the bondage of this world and that we can work for our heavenly father. What happens when God says it's time to go? What happens when God says, move here, or go there, or stay still? What happens? We need to hear clearly so that our fleshly voice is not speaking in this hour. Folks, there are two voices. There is the voice from God. Well, there's three. There's a voice from God, there's a voice from the devil, and there's a voice of the flesh. And a lot of people confuse the fleshly voice for a heavenly voice. Folks, there is patience in hearing the heavenly voice. You must be patient. And you have to turn down the confusion of Babylon so that you can hear it clearly and God will lead his people. I want you to be encouraged, folks. Just as my friend, my employee, he's actually my own mentor in a way and a person I love dearly. And even though he works for me, I respect him above me. Because the love he has for Jesus. His job, do you know what his job is? His job is to go out to our customers and to care for them, to let them know that someone in this company cares for you and that anything you feel is not going right he is there to actually correct it and he's the advocate for our customers back to us so that we can ensure that the things we have said that we will provide that we are providing them i have people in our company that their job is to make sure we are holding up our end of the bargain so they know that they're loved and we were talking in my office the other day and i told him i said any any time you are out somewhere and an opportunity comes up to share jesus do it i don't care if you're late i don't care what it is if you have that opportunity share it because this work that we do physically on this earth is not worth the kingdom work that is being done in heaven By the Spirit. And if you have an opportunity to share Jesus right now with a customer and you can share a word, then do it right now. I was on the phone with one of our customers the other day who had been deeply wounded. She worked for a church system and we had been talking on the way home. And and the the pastor that was over this church that she was in and she worked at, it wounded her badly, and she was working for another church. And and unfortunately it was a Catholic type system, you know, which I'm not that and I I tried to share with her. I said, Look, I'm concerned that you've that that it the pastor has subconsciously become to you because of the way you're treated that subconsciously you're saying in your heart well this is how God is then I don't want any part of him because folks you don't understand when we say we're believers we represent the most high our actions can lead others to have a misrepresentation of who God is and I was encouraging her I said you need to go around and go directly to so that you can find healing directly from Jesus. A little while later, she sent me a text message. Now, this is a customer of ours. And she said, thank you. I said, it's okay. We're family. She said, I think of you all that way too. Because this world... Means nothing. But watching somebody come to Jesus means everything. Folks, your God loves you. He will forgive you if you will ask Him. You will repent and turn your life to Him. He is faithful and just. And you don't have to do a hundred jumping jacks or 25 push or whip yourself in the back to be forgiven. No, you simply need to ask and receive and move forward in the power of knowing you've been forgiven. This is brother Frank on the remnant call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. made you his delight, has made you his design. Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound it on the mountains. Blow a trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound it on the mountains.